We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Podcast and Chill, a special edition of the Veterans Minimum Podcast that explores the stories often untold in the world of sports. I am your host, Timothy Petropoulos, and I cannot wait to share this story with you. The story we are going to hear today is a crazy story about how Pat Perino, aka Fat Pat, lost 300 pounds, dropped it. This guy used to be two, I mean, 490, excuse me, got all the way down uh, to 190 at one point, And he is now like at comfortably at 205 looking crazy good. Like this guy is buff. You should see him in person. But uh, I actually went to school with him. We're on the football team together. We always had the one thing in common. We were always kind of like the fat kids on the team. So we got along. And Pat was always like the bigger fat kid. He was like the, the massive monster that would take up the offensive line. And me, on the other hand, I was a short guy just trying to get on the field. I was like 5'2 until my junior year. It uh, wasn't looking good for me uh, <laughs> back then. But uh, we kind of lost touch. And then... All of a sudden, he he moved back. He moved out to L.A. He actually is, uh, he runs movie sets. Really cool job that he has. He's all over the place, all over the globe. And he went out to L.A. and he lost all this weight. And when he came back, we got a drink. And I was just like, man, I would love to tell your story to the people. So uh, here it is. Here's the story of Fat Pat, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Pat Perino. And now he lost 300 pounds. I hope you enjoy. Here we go. The last time I saw Pat, because he moved out west, the last time I saw Pat, he was, he looked a lot different than he looks right now. He was 490 pounds. Uh, he has that hit, a tattoo on his forearm to, to denote that. And now what are you down to, man? Uh, this morning, I weighed in at 206. 206, that's nearly 300 pounds. You have lost 300 pounds oh, yes. in your life. So, I mean, I, I have a perspective on this because I grew up as a fat kid. Right. And growing up as a fat kid is definitely um, it's something that you don't hear about much because people just assume uh, fat 
is a self um self assigned disease self you know what i mean inflicted. self-inflicted kind of thing so you don't get much sympathy there but i mean i want to take me through a story because when you go from 300 pounds i mean five it's almost 500 pounds to 200 pounds uh there must be something there that that kind of clicks so let's let's go through all the way 100 percent. let's just take it through the whole story um when did you first become like a fat guy um i don't think i ever was not throughout my childhood mm. like i always was a little bit bigger uh i i think I, I noticed like oh man i'm getting fatter than everybody because like you know from age three i was playing sports left and right mm. like i swam i soccered i tracked i I basketball and I baseball, all that stuff. And um, I think I started realizing probably around like eight years old, like even though I'm still like, you know, even though I'm still good at certain attributes and sports, like, oh, this whole running thing's getting sucks and I'm mm. slow. And like it just as a result kind of causes a lot of, you know, just you started realizing that like, oh, like I have the most powerful kick on the soccer team. But hey, kid, you can't keep up. So what good are you? Or yeah. like, hey, you're really like the second or third best batter on this, on the baseball team. But we gotta, we can't bat you in the heart of the order. We have to bat you as like the last good hitter in little league. That way, like you're not gonna hold up a bunch of runs when you're just going base to base. So I think around then is when I started noticing like, oh, look at this. But like you know, I didn't care enough to do anything back then about it. Yeah, I hear you. It was kind of the same for me when I was a kid. I was so active. Now, I was chubby the whole like my whole life, but I was so active and then and then I got something called rheumatic fever. It's like a uh, a heart disease. Uh where I didn't know that. Yeah, so I got I got rheumatic fever when I was eleven, twelve. I was in Taekwondo, I was doing it, and then I had to stop being active completely. Like I couldn't play any sport for like two years. So I kinda just ate myself into I, I remember gaining fifty pounds over over I think like a five month stretch. And uh. then I was a fat guy from there on out. Yeah, I mean, like, if I wasn't active, Lord knows how big I would have gotten. <laughs> it would have been ridiculous. <laughs> so, so when you say, so let's go to let's go to, to high school then. Uh, in high school, you're the center, right? Yes. So you finally find a place where, you know, you're ath- athletically at least your size comes to help. Well, like it was a countdown until high school, yeah. as far as football co- goes, because uh, like the one sport I always wanted to play that I never got to play as a kid was football because. Uh, at least in New York, Pop Warner is done by weight than age. So like, you know, when I was 10, it would be like, oh yeah, you could totally play, but you need to play with the 15 year olds. And my parents were like, no fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking way. And I was like, come on, man. And I would have got annihilated, but still like, like, so it was kind of a countdown for me to get there. Cause my uncle played at Hostra. Uh, my uncle was, um, one of the defensive coaches for the NYPD football team. Mm. So I grew up in a very, um, like my dad's not a very big sportsman. My dad's like a boy scout, but, uh, but my uncle's very big into sports and me and my brother just gravitated towards that. So it was always a countdown to get on the football field because, you know, I did like every other sport under the sun. I even did like hockey and I wasn't about that, but I did it. So like it was a countdown to get, get to get to football to where, I could just play and you know I think everybody knew like at the very worst Pat was going to be good at football because yeah. like who you know even when I got in high school I was like like freshman year I was probably around 380 so like you know everyone kind of knew like oh yeah Pat was at the very least going to be good at just standing there you know And you were and you were tall too Uh yeah I was always like by the time I got to high school I was always around like I pretty much plateaued right around there at like 510 510 and then I I'm like 6 foot now but 
That, so that's a big boy coming in on that freshman team. Oh, yeah. So did, in terms of football, like usually, you know, you, you join a, a sport, and I was on that football team, and the defensive coaches, uh, you were on the offensive side and the defensive side, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, More yeah. offense? I was always on the offensive side. Yeah, I remember like, you at literally day one of practice, like coach was like, okay, we, we, need, we have two important positions we need to figure out now, quarterback and center. And he pointed at the guy he was planning on making quarterback and then literally went, you walk with me. I'm like, that was day one of practice. So like pretty much from day one, it was like, oh, okay, cool. This is what I'm doing. Okay. So like that was kind of dope. It made me feel kind of special. Like, I'm not gonna lie about that. Like, who, doesn't want, who doesn't want to be special? Yeah, for sure. Especially, especially, you know, when, you, when you're 380 pounds, you want to be like, yeah, I'm the first pick motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So usually you, you, you the kids in that time, they get in a situation where they can get a little healthy, but I know for me and you would be there sometimes when we, when the team would go out after practice, we'd go out, out after practice and then just get Taco Bell right after because <sighs> it was right there. Uh, take me through like uh, when you were on in high school. Take me through like a day of what like a what day you of would eating. Eat. Yeah, what a you day would of eat. eating. Yeah, a day of eating. All right. Yeah, this, this is easy. Um, <laughs> so I would wake up every now and again. My mom would make me something or not. Like you know, like by the time I was in high school, my dad was retired, but my mom went back to work, uh, which is a whole other story. When my dad retired, he's like, "I'm done," and my mom was like, "I'm going back to work." <laughs> but uh, like so, like every now and again, my mom would make something. But you know. With especially our high school, like sometimes first class was 7 a.m. So like mm-hmm. I was out of my house by 5 a.m. So, you know, it all depended. But like definitely on the way in would always stop and get something. It'd be like, you know, a bacon, egg and cheese on a croissant. Like and I took it. My, my commute was like an hour. So like I could get it when I was leaving. And then by the time I'm almost at school, who knows? You know, you might. Ah, man, you know, like ugh, a bag of chips sounds great right now. Mm-hmm. Right before seven o'clock class or whatever you know so at least a bacon egg and cheese there would sometimes be a snack even between the first class and that uh then of course free public school lunch of course like why not you know and like sometimes even like taking my friends lunch tickets that didn't want them to go up and get seconds and stuff uh and then the pre-practice meal which would be like going to the bel air diner like shout out to the bel air diner yeah man 21st (laughs) and broadway yeah like and that would be like that would be a legit meal. That would be like fries, a burger. Sometimes if I felt froggy, like, oh, let's get some mozzarella sticks to get started, you know. And I had my crew of guys that always kind of wanted to go with me there, too. And then um, then it was practice. Then, like you said, after practice, you know, you, you, know, you go home you, you, on my way home. And I had like a long commute to get home. So mm-hmm. I did want food then. And like, you know, it, what our, our school, I always said back in high school, our school was like, surrounded by fast food it was crazy it's crazy so like, many options like in a three block radius we had a taco bell a kfc a mcdonald's a white castle a diner a pizza place a chinese food place a subway yep uh am i forgetting anything i i was i, I thought you were gonna leave the subway out because that's usually people you know think that's healthy for some reason but like yeah, well, now nah, <laughs> we, we got it it was insane like it was insane, and that that's more like a two block radius in all seriousness. Not even, too. not even like it was the corner of our school, and then this like little mini mini mall, which on one side was the diner, and on the other side had all the all the fast food stuff. And then if you turned to the other corner, was another mini mall with another variety of fast foods. Yeah, so I mean, like getting food after practice, then for sure. Yeah, and then getting home because you know my dad, my dad is such an Italian man, like he believes in like the family dinners mm. and like 
during football season and just in general once I got to high school with work and stuff like I wasn't always home for it but there was always food made for me and it was expected to be eaten yeah so like then I'd hit that up so like generally like on a on a light day let's just give you my light days it's a bacon egg and cheese on the way a school lunch uh, a diner visit a fast food hit hit after practice and then the actual dinner and like I said you know I come from a strong rooted Italian family, which means dinner is like, not just like, here's a, here's one piece of chicken and, and a little bit of canned vegetable. Like, no, it's like, here's your, here's your three giant steaks. Uh, here is the baked potato that you, here's your baked potato and here's your, you know, vegetable and or then pasta or something. Here's your vegetable and here's your garlic bread. That's mm. your dinner, mm. you know? So like, yeah, that was, that's. That's the day of eating for me back in those days. I remember when I, I when I was gaining weight like rapidly. I, my mom would my mom was concerned because she was a fat kid growing up and she lost a whole bunch of weight, and because she so she's very like uh, concerned with it and like and uh, so she she was always giving me like she was always on on top of me. And one time I tried to do uh, a situation where I ate the leftovers for dinner the night before for breakfast in the morning, so I wouldn't have to eat until I got home. So I can guarantee that I just eat, ate everything at my parents' house. And that turned into a dinner in the morning, lunch, chips, <laughs> and then a dinner. And it just ended up like making things so much worse. Yeah. And it, so when you, when during this time, are you like... Are loving you, life. Yeah, you're loving it. Loving life. There's not even a, a, a thought in your mind. Loving life. Because yeah. you know what, man? I'm like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I was always good at my jet. Like I was a good hitter in baseball. I was a... I was a good kicker in soccer. I was a good big man in basketball, but getting up and down the court and trying to keep up was always an issue. Mm. I mean, football's it, it, football's the craziest sport in the world because, like, you know, you get big fatties out there, you get <laughs> major athletes out there, and like everyone can play their job and do it amazing. And that's all you had to do. And all I had to do was hit a dude. I just, you know, I was like, like two dudes would come running at me, and I I wasn't moving a step. You know, and like all I had to do was like put my hand on a dude and just take two steps and get him out of the way. Like I was loving life. Yeah, I was. A, I was. I was definitely an above average player. I uh, was eating. You know, eating a ton, meeting new people, which I always thrived on back in the day. Like even today, like I enjoy. I enjoy putting myself in new situations and meeting new people. It's part of the reason why, like, I chose to go to our high school because it was like, oh man, that's like an hour and a half away by commute for me. Like I couldn't. I couldn't have picked a farther, almost a farther high school in the borough to go to. Cause mm -hmm. I just, I enjoy that shit. So like, I mean, so I was loving it then because like, there wasn't even like a struggle in any way, shape or form for me. Like it wasn't like it was, you're killing it on the football field. And then I got, you know, I, I had my job at the YMCA at the time. Uh, and then, you know, like my weight certainly back then wasn't an issue. Mm -hmm. If anything, it was a plus. It was, it was, it was my, Back then, I always kind of looked at it as, as like my distinct, like my distinguisher, like your identity. Yeah, kinda. I mean, like yeah. fuck. I mean, fuck. I mean, everybody to this day, I, my best friends that I've known since diapers don't even change my name in their phone. It's still Fat Pat, P H A T. You know? Yeah, I got you as Fat Pat in my phone. Yeah, as well. <laughs> like you know, it's an identity that there's no point to break. Yeah, I get that. So I, I remember that there was a story. Uh, so I was a fat kid too when I joined the football team, but you were a little taller than me. I, I was five two until no, oh, you were my, yeah, I was short. short. I was a little guy. I was, I was short, and I was I was five two until my junior year, middle of junior year, when I sprout, sprout up to five nine. But 
so I was on the football team, and I remember there was one one practice where, like you said, you were always known as one of the better players on the team, but people knew when it comes to running, Pat. Just leave me alone. Not, not his forte. <laughs> Just leave right? me alone. So the coaches made us, made us run these uh, these like from one end of the football field to the other, back and back and forth, like four times or something like that. And it was coming down to the end, and I'm this little guy, and it was just me and you at the end, and everyone had already been done, <laughs> like, completely, like completely done. And it was coming down to the wire, and I was fighting my little heart out, and you beat me out. And I, I remember that, and I was like, oh, man. And then my, my friends gave me shit, oh, and then they dick. probably gave you shit all the time as well. I'm a real dick, I guess, then. No, not, not you. you. You never gave me shit. Like, I... Why would you? But, you know, everyone else Just does. let you beat. I should have just let you win. No one, <laughs> no one expects me to win, so what's the fucking point? Oh, it, so on the football field, it's a, good, it's, a good, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good It's a good time. You're a big guy. What about, like, in the classroom? Because I know, like, I one of the things that really, like, has shaped my very defensive ways today is I got it 24-7 from every angle. Uh, how, how is that being a fat dude in high school, just in general, like outside of the, the football field? You know, like I think luckily, like our school, not that we had a terrific football team. We had a couple good seasons when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Good season. Um, but like, you know, everyone failed off halfway through. That's why I was never (laughs) fucking made. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. But like, (laughs) I guess for me, it was always like, you know, our, our football field was always dead on attached to our school. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, especially then when like the football team always had to wear, you know, a tie. Like mm-hmm. I remember thinking that was, this is uncomfortable, but it was like, you know, it was a uniform. Like we all stood out cause of it. So I think everyone just always associated me as like, Oh, that's fat Pat. So like for me, I kind of skated through a little bit more. I mean, of course you always catch shit. I mean, like there's no way not to catch shit. I mean, like you could be, I mean, you can look the way the rock looks and people still give him shit for something. Right. So yeah, I mean, I caught shit, but like, I guess I always had like this, the disposition of I don't give a fuck, mm. which always was kind of which is always helpful in these which situations. is super helpful, yeah. and it also was like my position to get keep getting bigger too because I also have some like majorly funny doctor stories that like I in spite I was just like well fuck you I don't care I'm not gonna listen to you now, but like you know I I the only thing that sticks out in my mind is like the hardest is that our school our school had two types of um, desks. Mm. Uh, you had the you had the one desk that was just like the standard chair that had the that the desk that came that came on that just was attached to it with four legs and then you had the other chair that was a little wider and a little bit bigger mm. and you know each classroom had like a mix of that and i and i do remember like hating myself when i had to walk into a class and see all the bigger desks be taken that was always like that was my high school struggle for my for my size i remember sometimes i would sit in the lefty chair because it would just be easier to like kind of struggle on the left side and so and I can reach over on the right side and, and right w- <laughs> yeah. with those little ass chairs. Yeah. Cuz those were little fucking chairs. Th- there was like if you ended up in one of the small ones, man, it was fucking tight. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you said you had a, a bunch of doctor stories. Like what's the what's the uh what's the first time a doctor told you like, "Hey, kid, you're in you're in trouble?" Um so I uh my parents weren't too fond of this doctor either and and these doctors either. And part of it is probably because like I'm the youngest of three with my family, so um, so uh, all of us were big kids. Like you know, so my parents weren't exactly a, my parents weren't exactly batting a thousand when it comes to their kids <laughs> and keeping them in shape. Um, love you, mom. Love you, dad. But like, it's the tr- it's just the God's honest truth. So the uh, Perinos were fluffy and cuddly. 
Well, like, so as, as, as a family in general, you, you went one of two ways as a Perino, you either took your health serious and like, you actually came out looking great or you didn't mm. and you didn't come out looking very good at all. Um, so I have cousins that like are Marines and cops and, and played college sports that look fucking like they're chiseled. And then you got like people like me as I grew up and my brother and my sister. And I have other cousins that are bigger and fluffier as you say. And like, <laughs> we're all good athletes too. Like that's the odd thing is that like, we all have a athlete gene. Cause my grandfather was a college basketball player. You know, he was an air force. He was an, an NYPD. So he was always an athlete himself. So we do come from good roots like that. So, but like just in that case, it was kind of like you either had like parents, I guess, who like took care of it or didn't, I guess. I hate to put it on my parents like that, but it's, you know, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my, the most like big doctor story I remember was going to this doctor who, who was like 280 himself, uh, like at least. Yeah. Can't it's like, you know how you can't trust a skinny chef? Yeah. I feel like you can't trust a fat doctor. Well, I mean, like, you could probably, I mean, he probably knows what he's talking about, but like, I do remember as like a kid being like 15. And this is like the first time, like, I guess they decided they were going to talk to me about it. And, um, like, I just remember I have a dis- dis- this distinct memory of this guy. And he was, he was a big face guy too. And his chin, like, jiggling in front of my face and like wagging his finger in my nose and in my eye line. Like, listen. You're a really healthy kid. You're like a really healthy kid. You're 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 one of the healthiest kids that walk through the store on a regular basis. There's skinny kids who come in here with high blood pressure, diabetes problems, all this stuff. You have to lose this weight now. Because if you lose the weight now, then you won't have any adverse effects. Good advice. But then he turns around and goes, But I promise you, you will get diabetes. We will have to start amputating you, and it's gonna be all your fault. You need to change now. And just in my head, I just see his face jiggling. And I just, once again, as a kid, I'm just like, well, you know what? Fuck you, dude. You're going to talk to me like that? Fuck you. I don't need your help. Watch me not care about this. So I just never really gave a shit. Like, as a kid, just never gave a shit. And I guess because I, even to this day, I have a very dilly gaff outlook on life when it comes to people. I was like, I I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But if you don't like me, then I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) So like. I'm going to do me. And that was always, and at that time doing me, was kind of, was not the smartest thing to do. And most of the time, I don't think it is always <laughs> even to this day, but you know, I just, I have distinct memories of a doctor just like wagging his fingers in front of me. Like you will get diabetes. You will, you will, you will get heart disease and you will like, and I'm just like, Oh my God, this doctor's ridiculous right now. See, I remember when I was my first doctor that ever, I had, I had a cardiologist because of my heart condition she would always tell me, but in like in a very nice way, like, oh, you should lose weight. You know, you should lose weight. And none, none of the doctors really got on me about, about it and told me that. I kind of wish one of them did because I'm one of those people. I'm not like you. It's just like kind of fuck you. It's just like instead I'm just fucking paranoid. Like I would, I would sit in my bed all night sometimes and just be like, I wonder what dying is like. Because when you, when you go over, when you, when you have a heart condition and the doctor looks at you and says, if you don't do this, you're going to die. Shit fucks you up when you're 11 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> Again, that that might have scared me straight. But. Yeah, because cause, so I wish I, I kind of wish somebody would do that. But I get that kind of fuck you mentality of just like, get the fuck out of here. Don't tell me what to do. I'm living life out here. Yeah. All right. So uh, high school is over. Are your playing days over at that point? Uh, yeah, we're, we're we pretty much wrapped up at that point. At that point, um, my my athletics kind of as you 
sw- yeah. we switched focuses yeah. at that point. <laughs> so tell us about that that switch focus. And I see you're wearing a degeneration degeneration X yes. shirt right now. Yes. So, so uh, where, where well, did that focus switch to? I it went to pro wrestling. Yes, sir. I mean, I've been a pro wrestling fan since I was literally four. Uh, that's my like first distinct memory of it, and it was always kind of something I was like, I'm gonna do that. Like, uh, like some pro wrestlers want to joke and be like, I knew since I was three, this is what I was going to do. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like (laughs) it's, that's a fucking, that's a fucking delightful story you're telling me. But like, in all seriousness, it was just like, I'm going to do this. And I started doing it in, um, 07 really started doing it in 08. And then like, Oh nine was like full head of steam for a while there. And then, and, uh, that's where everything kind of redirected. And again, it was, um, it's a lot like football in the sense that like no matter what body type you are, there's a, there's a spot for you as long as you can figure it out. Like wrestling's a little bit more open and a little bit more creative, obviously well, a lot more creative, I guess. But like, there's a spot for you, no matter how you look in wrestling, you just got to figure out how to make it work for yourself, you know? So just kind of like high school football, your bigness was working for you and oh, then yeah. you turned it around and your bigness was working for you again. It was it, absolutely, the same it was everything. I, it, it was everything. I mean, like, it was everything that I was doing in pro wrestling, like at that point. So like it became such a important facet of my character of mm-hmm. who I was playing. I was playing a jolly fat DJ that very rarely got serious, you know, like there was times. And even when I was in my serious matches, like I would come out in a Power Ranger t-shirt. <laughs> like, so like, you know, like, uh, you know, so like it was always kind of like taking what I had, like, you know, I guess, I guess it's the old saying, uh, life hands you lemons you make fucking lemonade you know like and that was always that's what wrestling became for me it was that like okay it's the next athletic thing i can do i mean i played it i mean i played a ton of flag football after high school but like contact was over at that point yeah i, I played type uh, flag football too and being a big guy in flag football is definitely not an advantage uh i mean like we played in like advanced eight on eight leagues so okay. it was oh, okay. a three-man line so like i was always the anchor of the line i was the only guy who knew how to like long snap I was the only guy like, you know, like the league we played in, like had like your punter had to be 10 yards back. So who's going to get him the ball? It's not a problem, guys. They're like, oh, and your quarterback, like every, you know, and then you're playing with a bunch of guys who never played football before in their lives. So like taking a snap from between my legs and having to do a drop back, they're like, this is too much. But like if I could throw him a shotgun snap, they're like, this is great. You know, so. So you're a pro wrestler. And like you said, your bigness is definitely part of your character. Absolutely. So you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger as this as this time is going on. Um, probably like. I plateaued probably around like, oh, eight. Okay. Like the weight loss didn't really get going until like 11. But like, I don't think I was I wasn't getting any like I wasn't getting monsterly big era at that point like at that point i was wearing like 5x shirts size 68 pants like it didn't really there was no big changes after that like that was that was kind of where i was at and that's at that point that's where it was and that was just where that was life at that point so you said as you said go you go from 08 to 11 basically around like the 490 500 mark or around there you'd say you yeah around there. i mean i probably weighed over 500 at some point but 490 was the highest i've ever se- i ever saw on a scale okay so you're floating around there so what is it that makes you say like all right now is the time where this is no longer playing to my advantage and i gotta do something about this um so i think i you know Throughout life, like the entire entirety of going through like college and high school and like, you know, I always kind of knew like, like I always kind of knew like 
you're not going to be this fat guy forever. You know, like it's just not going to happen. You'll, you'll figure it out. You'll, you'll get around it somehow. Like you'll beat it. So like, I always kind of knew like that was going to happen for me. Um, you know, like if I'm being honest, like the, like a big fear of mine was like, you know, we see it all. We, we, you see it all the time, especially on like subways and shit, like where that guy who just looks like he's like not caring about anything anymore. Like he's, you know, he's carrying like two fucking plastic bags. His shirt doesn't fit quite over his belly. He's super fat. He doesn't give a shit that, you know, he's taken up three seats on the subway and like, you know, and I feel bad for him. I do. But like it petrified me to think about like at 40, that's Pat. Like no fucking way. Is that going to be me? So I always kind of knew I was going to go there. And um, I think the big moment was at like one point just like realizing like I don't even I don't I, I don't even remember if I had a, like an epiphany moment, but just like realizing at that realizing just how physically big I, I, I physically became. And it was just like, holy shit. Like, you know, I'm so much bigger than people. Like, Mm. I I, like, I guess I have like a memory of like three of my friends and this wasn't an epiphany moment by any means, but I had like, there was three of my friends who were, you know, average to below average skinny, you know, like things like that. But like my belts in my room always hung up on like on a hook and they took my belt and like they literally wrapped it around the three of them and they thought that shit was hilarious. And yeah. I think that I probably thought it was hilarious at the time too, <laughs> but I can tell you right now I'm 30 years old today talking to you and they did that. They did that probably when I was like 17 and that sticks out in my mind still like, Whoa. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely didn't have an epiphany moment. I just know that like, Holy shit, this is, this is bad. And just the sheer amount of food I was eating every day. I mean, like you couldn't not know that that wasn't good for you. So, you didn't have a, an epiphany moment. So how did the how did the whole weight loss process begin? Did you did you seek advice? Did you seek counsel or not? Or, or did you just go, you know, I just kind of got to eat less and exercise more. Um, it 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 started off with like realizing now, like um, you know, even as big as I was, some people can't believe it. I was doing okay with the ladies, like not not tremendous by any means, but I was doing okay. But then, like once you get to college, that you're still doing okay. But mm-hmm. then after college, like that shit that shit dries up, like. That that whole like oh he's the fifth friend in the group someone's got to do it like that 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 thing kind of dries up so like you got to find so like the ladies game wasn't going as well as I wanted to at that time that happened to me post college as well man that yeah was, that was so. that was rough post college when all of a sudden you're like out there in the real world trying to get a girl and then you're fat and you're just like fuck this is so much harder now yeah you know and it's just like that it's like goddamn I I have a great personality would you get to know it <laughs> like come on man like look at me. Like, um, so like not being constantly surrounded by like just drunken college girls who are like, okay, I guess, you know, or high school girls, whatever. And, uh, like, you know, so the, the ladies game goes down a little bit, which sucks. Um, you know, and then just like people talking about like having to grow up and stuff like that. You start realizing like this was on my, I have to grow up list. You know, I have to, you know, this is something that has to go into me growing up. Um, And it's just, yeah. And it just kind of like slowly kind of went. And then I started scaling back what I was eating. Like in the beginning, it was a very like small things. Like it couldn't be any smaller because like if in the beginning, I'm so fucking fat, so fucking fat at this time, like the littlest change to my diet, especially with how active I am. I mean, at this point, even like I'm not really hitting the gym hard, but I'm going to to three weeks of training in the ring. 
you know, that's, that's constantly falling, getting up, falling, getting up, falling, getting up. And then I'm doing two to three matches a week. So I'm, I'm still extremely active. So just like the, the smallest changes to my diet, I'm, I'm going down. And let me tell you, the worst part about being like 490 pounds is when you, when you, when you lose 50 pounds at 490, no one fucking realizes it. <laughs> you know, you're still, you're still as big as the world. You know, you're, you're pumped because you're down four sizes on the jeans, but like no one really notices. In fact, like I remember like, 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 uh, we always had this friend in our friend circle, Danielle, like, she's like the sweetest girl in the world, like super nice. And she noticed. And I was just like, finally, <laughs> finally someone notices. And, uh, but yeah, so it was in the beginning, it was just like incrementally losing weight. And then literally also in wrestling, having people go, are you losing weight? And I'd be like, yeah, they'd be like, why? Mm. Like you're going to ruin it for you. You're going to ruin everything you have, which wow. is kind of ironic because I was making like 50 bucks a match. And I was like, like, what am I going to ruin? I don't look good enough to like make this a career career. I'm having fun right now. And, but like you're telling me don't get healthier because those $50 payoffs I'm getting every Saturday night is really going to make the difference of my life. Like, that's that's a that's a good way to look at a lot a lot of people probably would have been scared off by that if they're trying to go in the pro wrestling route but that's your advantage of that I don't give a fuck attitude that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I mean I also think I have always been a kind of a realist when it comes to like my pro wrestling days like I did it for I I did it for like 8 years and then took a couple off and then I started producing television shows for it and then all that other stuff. Like I just I didn't have the physical commitment to want to make it work. I definitely have like the mental want. I love pro wrestling. It's like, it's, it's the most consistent thing in my life that I've always loved and wanted to be around short of my family members. So, uh, but like, I mean, I always kind of knew like, Hey man, you know, cause pro wrestlers are athletes. So you gotta be, you gotta be willing to put in the, uh, the work athletically. And I would just, at that time, I just, I wasn't so. So, so you start losing weight. And for those, so you say you, you scaled back on the diet. Now, as you're losing weight, are you scaling back more and more? And like, take us like, just, just in case there's someone out there, 500 pounds listening to this, kind of wants to follow the pat route to, to get down, which by the way, uh, if you're cool with it, I like to post on the, on the social media a picture of you before and after. If you have those pictures, I'm sure you have many of those pictures. Of course. They can go to my Instagram and see it, too. Well, there you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you all that as well at the end of the show. And you look, you look fantastic right now. So if someone is like, all right, I'm 500 pounds. I see this is can really have 500 pounds. No, You're no, lying, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> you, hold, you look great for I'm, 500 pounds. <laughs> let me tell you right now. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, someone's 500 pounds are listening. and They're like, all right, I guess I see this dude can do this. He can get out of this. So what was the first increment you took? And then as time went on, like how, how much did you increase those increments where you took it away from yourself? And it, was it ever a challenge to the point where you fucked up and relapsed? I never really, um, there was a lot of plateauing until like the big movement. There was a lot of plateauing. Um, but it was, it was like a four year process of like, cause like I get hyper, when I get hyper focused on something, look the fuck out. Like it's always been that way. So like, you know, like at 490, I was like, I got to drop weight. And within like two months, I went from 490 to like 450, like that. Then I plateaued for a little while. And then, you know, something embarrassing happened. And then I would drop, like something would motivate me, embarrassing or, you know, whatever it is. Something. And then I would be like, fuck it. I'm 450. Then like I went from like 440 to like 380 in like four months. 
then I plateaued again for a while. Then maybe I gained a little, but never, I've never actually like gained a lot back after I've, I've done it. Cause I was always able to like adjust my habits that way. So like, I don't know, like, like you have to understand if you're 500 fucking pounds, there's no, oh, next week it's going to be better as far as like, you know, like you're going to like, you're 500 pounds. You set a goal weight. Congrat, you know, cool. I never set a goal weight for myself. Never, ever, 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 ever. Uh, and people thought I was always crazy for stuff like that. I was like, nah, man, I just need to start losing weight. Um, you, you got to understand, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's the oldest old cliche. This isn't, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And at this point, when you're 500 pounds and you're looking to get down to, like, 205, like I basically stay at now, um, you got to understand that, like, it's not going to be next week. It's not going to be six months from now. It's not going to be a, even a year. I mean, if you fucking can pull it off in two years, then holy shit, you're amazing. I, I, I want to hear how you did that. But you just got to understand that this is a, a process and it's not going to be better tomorrow. It's not going to be better like in those in those very, uh, very close dates. Like, you know, you got you got to be happy with like, like I said, what? When I dropped 40 pounds in like two months, do you think anyone fucking noticed when I went from 490 to 450? No. So you just got to stay focused on what you want. And, you know, and the good news is too, like, and, and I think this is the biggest mistake everybody who makes who's really big. Like my diet now is pretty, I, I know how to diet now. And it took me even a while of losing the weight to like understand how to diet. Like I can shred my body if I, if I, I under, and, and only recently did I officially like, we're talking like weeks ago that I fit, finally say, okay, I get this. Like, I, I don't know if I told you this when, when we talked last, but like, I mean, today's what, July 18th? Uh, July 18th, yes. Yes, so July 18th, I'm super excited for next Memorial Day because I officially understand now how to shred my body, like how to make my body look good. And I got loose skin. Uh, so like, it will never be like pristine, I'm sure, unless like I pay for the surgery. But like, I understand how to do that now. So I'm super looking forward to next Memorial Day because next March, man, I am going to be in, I am going to be, I'm going to position myself to be where I need to be to shred out myself and have like 30, my, when I'm 31 years old, it's going to be the best summer how I have ever looked. I've already decided that today on July 18th, 10 months from now. Um, that's, that's, that's a realistic goal for me to set. Um, but for someone who's 400 pounds, 500 pounds, like that's not a realistic, like now like understand that like take solace and like, you don't need to fucking diet hard right away. Like I know some people will be like, no, you need to change everything. I think that's the biggest fallacy about losing weight you can ever hear because you know what, man, I was eating like, like five double cheeseburgers from McDonald's when I would go. That's what, that's what was maintaining my weight at 490. Okay. Let's pull two of those off the diet. Still go to McDonald's, still eat three, but pull two of those off the diet. That's what we're going to do for six months now. That's what we're going to do for a while. I'm not going to be like, oh, no more McDonald's for you. Straight up grilled chicken and vegetables. Like that's, it will never work that way. Interesting because I, I never got, you know, I never got to 490, but I remember my highest ever was 260. And I remember feeling so uncomfortable at 260. One thing that's different between you and I though, is that my life has been a constant yo-yo. Like I've been between 210 and 260 
four different occasions, right? And like you're saying, it's because I went from doing eating whatever the fuck I wanted to now I'm in this strict diet. Yeah, man. Like you, you, you can't, you can't. Anybody who, anybody who goes like full set, a full bore on something, the success rate is incredibly low. Like it's incredibly low because it's just not feasible. Like you can't take a human that has all these habits that they're doing and then literally tell them 180 motherfucker do this now. No man. Like before we do our 180, why don't we go 10 degrees, like 10 degrees. Okay, cool. Now we had some success with 10 degrees. Let's make it 25 degrees turn. Let's make it a a 90 degree turn now. Oh, okay. So now we're looking good. Like, you know, like make no mistake. And we haven't got to the, this biggest point, but like, and I'll let you get us there. But like my biggest losing weight success was in that one year I had, but that was three years of putting myself in a position to do that to my eating habits. Mm. Like it took me three years to get comfortable to a, to a point where I could eat that way. So. Especially cause you know, all the foods that you're talking about are, you know, definitely unpurposely or intentionally put sodium off out the fucking wazoo sugar out the wazoo. So you're physically addicted to these foods, whether Absolutely. you know it or not, you're physically addicted. I mean, I, I'm, I am, I, to this day, I'm a diet Coke monster. I drink Diet Coke left and right. And it's not good for you. Everyone knows that. But like, you know, caffeine is a appetite suppressor. So that's like, that helps me a little bit. But like, it's just, it's something I always drank. And it's just like, oh, there's no calories in that. So I know I can't count it. It bloats me sometimes, obviously. But like, I'm still addicted to to Diet Coke. Absolutely. And then like all the sugars and all the sugars and sodiums and salt like those are the things that get you addicted to food. So like that's the shit that like, you know, there are ways to add that into your healthy diet too. Like, you know, like you'll you'll learn those things eventually. Like as you go, like I said, like super excited cuz like I just finally took a full complete understanding on like okay, I get it now. I get it. And this was just like weeks ago for me. One thing that always just like stood in my way was I'd be in a role and then Thanksgiving. Or I'd be in a role and then brother's birthday barbecue you know what i mean and then for me i would have that little taste of whatever my body's addicted to that i've been trying to kick and i'd be going and i'd go on a binge uh how did you avoid those like holiday binges um so like just binging in general like let's just talk about that um i I, i'm not a believer in like setting a cheat day or a cheat meal i'm just not a believer in that because then like you're you know you're you know, it's kind of like someone who like uh, is punching the clock at work. Those people hate their jobs and I'm living for the weekend, man, but they're miserable people at work. You know, like you got to like what you do at the very least. So like you got to make a diet that works for you. And then if you feel the need to cheat, do it like that. That's always my answer is go do it. Like don't, don't, don't overeat on the cheat, but go cheat. It's fine. Go do it. Have one slice of pizza, not five. Exactly. Because you know what? Like, if you have that craving for a pizza today and a week later you still have that craving two weeks and then a week from there you still have that craving and then you hit your bed then you know fucking the fiance the girlfriend is fucking annoying your balls off <laughs> your parents are calling you about stupid shit uh you had a tough day at work whatever it is like then you're like fuck it i'm going to get that pizza and then you go and get that whole you whole get that whole pie and then you eat the whole pie and then you feel like shit like physically you feel like shit and then like as a person mentally you feel like shit like and then maybe you and then i see a bunch of people who then just take the slide from there 
But like, you know, like if you, if you have that craving for pizza, do it. Just do it. Go get your slice today for lunch. Do it. Now, you know, obviously if, if that craving's every day, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about that. But like it's, that's always been my theory. Like I never, ever, ever believed in like scheduling a cheat on me. It's just like if I pass a McDonald's, I'm like, ooh, maybe a double, maybe a double hamburger will really work right now. And cool. Then I'll just go and do it. And I'll try to like, I'll even try to take half the bun off of it or something like I'll figure my way around it but like it's just I think scheduling cheat meals is kind of like a bad way to go and and it works for some people but it didn't work for me so take us through that year then where finally you've you were you lost weight plateau lost weight plateau lost weight plateau how how much did you weigh before that big year where you really dropped all the weight and then how much did you weigh at the end and what changed uh, in not only your mind but in your actions that made it the b- the big year what did you do during that year that really made you who you are today all right well uh at this point now like i moved it was that that that, that early that early summer i moved out of new york and it was just you know i like i hate to keep burying my parents and my family but it's just like i was raised in a culture that eating was what you did point blank end of story like that's how that's how we all um that's how we socialize you're in the mediterranean man i'm a greek person too the, the yeah. year that i had my big weight through weight loss breakthrough was the year i moved out of my parents house yeah so like i was 24 i'm like hey mom dad i'm out i'm moving to the west coast and literally i was gone in two weeks because work was just like calling and my parents were like whoa okay cool uh so when i got to la i was weighing like two 360 and in that year, from summer to January 14th, 2014, I lost about 30 pounds. Well, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good run. Yeah, pretty good. But at that point, like, you know, I wasn't surrounded by, like, my closest buddies anymore. Like, I needed to fucking lose weight. Like, I, like this is the time. And, uh, like, I remember even, like, telling myself, put up or shut up. You've been blaming your family for a long time for this. And I love you guys. I, I know it sounds terrible. But it's just, like, you know, it's the nature over nurture conversation. And, like, my nurture was always, like... I can't believe you only ate three pork chops for dinner tonight. <laughs> I bought, we anticipated you'd eat five. So there's, you can't be leaving food on the table, Patrick. Like, and it's just like, oh, okay. But like, so like just said, okay. And like, it was the first time ever, January 14th, two, uh, January 14th, 2014. First time ever I took a fucking before picture. Like I was like doing it, gonna do it. And then I was like, January 14th next year, I'm going to do it. I'm, I am absolutely going to take the after picture and there's going to be a, a noticeable difference. Does the fact that you're in LA have anything to do with this? <sighs> you know, people keep saying, laughing about that. I don't, I, I, you know, I can't say it hurt, but like, I think it was just getting away from my parents and having like to prove myself right at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, and there was no one else to prove right, but me, but like, you know, like, cause like, it's not like I, I, I inundated myself into like a cult, like a workout group or like, did meetups with healthy people like no i just i figured it the fuck out you know and like i dieted probably a very back then it was definitely not the healthiest diet i wasn't taking in many carbs that year i wasn't taking it i wasn't taking in many fats or carbs that year which i can tell you right now is not the best way to diet at all it's just were you getting energy from like was it it sugar it was just no 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 not sugar but it was just protein and vegetables like that was my that was my diet okay so really hardcore like now i'm ready to give up everything and just go 
balls to the fucking wall. Yeah, it was protein. It was pro like, and the fats were staying low too because I was eating chicken breasts and turkey, and uh, you know I was getting some some fat from eggs and you know, but like generally speaking, just it was staying low and I was living every day to get up on that scale look at that number keep going down and that was what was pushing me and like I even have, I even have moments where like I'd you know you'd get up out of your seat and then like literally I'd have a flash of light in front of my eyes and like I would lose my 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 balance and I'd be like oh I know exactly what this is from but I got I got I got a date I got to hit and you know and it worked out great you know cuz obviously I went from 330 to 205 in literally a calendar year and it worked Massive. out great and it was awesome. Like, and, and you know what it was, it was finally like that, that year was like the first affirmation of weight loss I was getting too, because again, going from 490 to 330, you know, no one's really noticing, like no one's really noticing you're losing weight or if they are, they're just like not saying anything, but like going from 330, you went, I went from a fat guy to a pretty average size guy. So everyone's noticing, you know, and it did wonders in my dating life, my personal life, my, my professional life. Uh, you know, so like, you know, it was great and it wasn't the proper way to diet, but it was a way to get it off at the time. And I readjusted after that. And, but yeah, you know, just that year was the big year and it was kind of just like, a. at that point it was proving it to myself. Like, you know, I even have jokes of like some of my wrestling buddies, some of them who you could see on television today for WWE, like, they all like made a joke like were we the problem like we were trying to get you skinny for a while and like were we the problem and like you know like i was encouraged fat shamed uh embarrassed pushed for like any any way that can enter your mind to motivate someone to see if that would work interventioned all that stuff never worked never worked i had to make i had to flip my own switch and be like hey man we're gonna make this change and that's just really what it came down to. I think that's that's probably the most important thing to remember is like if you're doing anything in your life for somebody else, you're probably not doing it for the right reasons at the end of the day. Unless, unless you know, you know what I mean? I'm not talking about like if you're at the hospital with a sick person. Like I'm not saying that. Yeah. But if, you, if, if you're doing something and your motivation is not yourself or your family, it, it, it gets tough at, at, at anything. And uh. So you're not wrestling at this time. Are you hitting the gym hard? Uh, yeah, the gym is all pretty much cardio at this time. Like I'm not even touching a really. I'm not going to the gym to, to touch a weight like a, a weight for traditional sort of bodybuilding at all. It's all like, um, it's all like cardio based stuff. Like I, you know, like I actually started doing yoga, um, DDP yoga because uh, I heard it's crazy good. It's, DDP yoga. It, it's what got me going that first. Like I'm a very also like I'm a very like my workouts need to change just like a lot of the stuff in my life. Like it's even like my professional life has dictated this in my life too. Is like, I like change. <laughs> I do. So like, I can't stick to the same workout plan for a long time. I can't stick to the same dieting plan for the long time just because I'm just going to like, go. Oh, this is boring. Mm. So that first six months, like I, I took, I bought the DDP yoga. And for those who don't know, diamond Dallas page, he's a former pro wrestler and he has a crazy story himself as like, he became, he started wrestling at like 36 years old blew his back out after like four years, but then like spent, spent time developing this yoga program, became like one of the most popular pro wrestler of our childhoods. 
And then now you see him, he's like in his high 60s, but he looks like he's in his 40s. He looks he looks exactly the same as when he was doing diamond cutters in the ring. Yeah. It's crazy because he kind of looked old for his age then. Now yeah. he looks co- crazy young for his age. Yeah. So like he's in great shape. He's a, you know, and he has this awesome. Now he has this like he didn't have it when I was doing it, but he has this awesome interactive whole thing on his apps and stuff like that. And it's a great program. But for me, it was just I bought the DVDs and I was doing it in my living room every day. I was going out for walks every day. And, you know, once I learned the workout routines, I was able to do them anywhere in the world because at that time, especially my work was taking me, pinballing me from coast to coast and every and from coast to coast, east to west, north to south, and even some abroad. So, like, I was able to do it anywhere, which was great. You know, like, I, you know, it, I'm sure I'm sure there are candid photos that people thought were hilarious watching a 300 pound guy do yoga in the middle of middle of an airport. But like I would be doing it like, you know, like and it was just at that time I was so fucking determined to like be like this is happening. Oh. And uh, that's so, a different type of determination doing yoga in the middle of the airport. Yeah. Man, well, you know, like in my life, man, like uh, and then eventually like uh, even met someone who worked for the airline. So my life only became more airports. But like it was just, you know, during that time, like it was like I'm going. So I need to do it now. I'm going to be on this plane for like 13 hours, <laughs> you know, so I got to do it. So, um, but yeah, like I'm sure there are candid photos of like a 300 pound me, a 310 pound me doing downward dog in the middle of LAX terminal or in the middle of Toronto, the Toronto, the Toronto airport terminal or Chicago or or anywhere, you know? So I'm sure somebody thought it was hilarious watching a very big hipped guy like me doing it back then. But you know, you just can't give a fuck like, you know, like. You know, it's just like I used to even a big problem why like even like I didn't even weight lift when I was a kid was like I was very gifted and strong in my legs, but my upper body never was. And even now I'm a, I'm still a little bit of a hard gainer. And that's what, you know, that as far as like getting bigger on my chest and things like that, I got to stay persistent with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, back in the day, like I was embarrassed to like like even work out at the LIC at the LIC gym. I, remember, I was embarrassed to work there, too, because. You know, it's a lot of judgment in a high school gym. Yeah. So like, you know, like most linemen are maxing out at like 245, 225 on the low end, 185. Like I think my max out was like 135. I could out leg press and squat all of them, Mm. but it was still embarrassing. So I just kind of was just like back then it was like, I just won't engage it. Like that was my, that was my way of not giving a fuck back then was like, I'm not going to engage it. You know, which I guess really means I did give a fuck, <laughs> but like I just won't engage it. I'm, I'm going to pretend like it doesn't exist. And now now my don't give a fuck is a different type of way. It's like, no, I don't give a fuck. Watch me. Yeah, I'm fucking doing I'm doing calisthenics in the middle of middle of the airport. You know, like I mean, I'm going to like right now I'm like on the countdown, like in a week I'm going to Vegas for a bachelor party. And I'm like on the countdown. I have a really strict diet going right now, a really strict routine, like guarantee you when I get to the airport Thursday night to go to Vegas, I'm going to be fucking doing push-ups and sit-ups while I'm waiting on my flight. Mm. And I'm just like, you know, cause it's going to be countdown. And then even like Friday, Friday, I'm going to a pool party. Like I guarantee you I'm getting up Friday morning and I'm going to be in the gym pushing weight. And then I'm going to pop the shirt off at the pool party and feel really good about myself then. And like probably the rest of the vacation, I'll be like, okay, cool. I don't need to work out if I don't, if I, if I, if I, I don't need to like, sleep deprive myself to work out any for the rest of the vacation. But like, you know, it's just, it becomes a mentality, I guess. And like, you'll get yourself there. It's just the biggest thing is like, you have to understand that like 
you're not going to be there tomorrow. You're not going to be there next week. You're not going to be there in a month. You just, you're working, you know, how, how did your, you were always a confident kid, but how did your demeanor change when you lost, lost the weight? I don't know if it did too much. Like I, I, you know, I don't so, so how about how about the way people treated you outside then if you didn't change on in the inside how about the, the way people treated you from a because I feel like a, a lot of uh, what we what is like the national conversation right now is about privilege and about how some people have advantages over other people and one thing that's not really said is like you know there's a lot of ways to judge someone right off the bat when you're a fat guy you're judged right yeah. off the bat right off the bat people look at you and they think I know at least part of who you are. You you must be lazy. You must not give a fuck. Things like that. How did it change? I, I noticed when I started losing weight how people started treating me differently. Are you talking about like people you know or people that you didn't I, know? I would say not on my inside circle of friends, but like even the outside like acquaintances. Oh, those that that all changed. Yes, yes. So outside of the main group of people who you know, love you for who you are, like how did that all change for you? I mean, like. Um Obviously, it was just like a lot of shock. Like, I think I think like my my like the inner circle of the inner circle, like those people. Like, you know, you have your inner circle that's probably made up of, you know, some people probably have like ten people in there. But like, then you have that next layer. So like, those guys always knew like he won't always be this guy. Like he's he's too active not to to change. And you know, uh, I you know, but I think like the next level outer circle and then that, that, that bigger, like the acquaintance circle, maybe not your friends per se, like all of them were a lot of shock, a lot of, how did you do it? A lot of tell me the secret, which is, you know, kind of funny. It's like, there's no fucking secret, man. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, a lot of that. And like, you know, also like, like it's weird. And like, I don't mean to like talk about myself like this, but like I became the most interesting man in the room for a long time. I moved to LA. I work in television. I, you know, I, um, I lost all the weight, you know, I mean, I'd be, you know, like there were some awesome things that happened as a result by, of people who wouldn't even look at me back in my teenage years. Mm. If you get my drift, you know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that type of stuff happened and it, and, um, and that was awesome, you know? And like, and, so a lot of it just changed is that like I got used to being like, I, I think from like, so I, it was 20, 26 that I officially like hit 205. 26 years old. Yeah. I think it was 26. So like I was really the most interesting person at 26 and 27 in my friend circles or like my acquaintance circles of what we're calling it. Cause like, especially because I was living in Los Angeles. So people weren't seeing me physically. And then I would pop back in over here, whether it was work that was going to bring me or it was my girlfriend at the time who worked for the airlines. Like I was flying all the time. And like, even at, at that time too, was like, if I wasn't working on a TV show, killing myself for, you know, 18, 20 hours a day. And I had like three weeks off. I wouldn't want to be in LA. I'd want to be here. I'd want to be in Florida. I'd want to, you know, like with my family or with her, wherever we wanted to travel. So like, I was being seen a lot more then and just everybody from like 26 to 27, even, even into 28. Like I was like, I was the most interesting person ever. And it even got exhausting. 
like I know that sounds terrible to say. No, but it, like, it makes more. It makes sense, man. It, like, tell the same story a lot. It gets tired. Like, by the by the end of it, I was exhausted of it, and now here I am at thirty. I am just the next guy in the room, like, and that's cool to me. And like, if if you don't it, like, don't get me wrong, like, if I'm meeting a prospective client or a prospective boss, like, I know where my bread is buttered. I know somehow you got to work it in that you were 490 pounds and make yourself fucking memorable, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like make yourself memorable. And now they look at you and they're like, wow, you know, like all that stuff. But like, you know, to, to my friends now, I'm, even though they still call me fat Pat and he like, you know, but like, I'm just, I'm just an inch, like just the, now it's kind of just any other guy now in the circle. In fact, I get made fun of when it comes up in discussion about my weight loss, like, Oh, this kid will never let us, let us live it down. We get it. You were fat. Like at this point now it's a punchline for them to be like, every time it comes up in conversation, which it doesn't very often. Uh, but like, you know, that's, that's where it's at now. But like that immediate, like two year, three year period, it was, it was just like, everybody wanted to hear the story and wanted to hear more. And Oh my God, how's LA doing? You're on your own. You know, shit like that. Like, you know, especially I come from an area where like it kind of is okay to live with your parents until you're ready to move out and buy a place. So like I even still got friends who are in their 30s, which is totally cool because when they move out of their parents' place, they're going to buy a, a dope house. Yeah. Um, but like I was out of my house before just about all my friends except for one. And, I, you know, and not only did I move out, I moved out 3,000 miles away. Like it was just, it all kind of amalgamated to me being like completely incidentally, definitely not planned, but like the most interesting story to talk about. In in a kind of a poetic twist, you actually ended up working on The Biggest Loser for four seasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how 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 was that being in a in a room with a bunch of people where you know you could kind of see the old you maybe in them kind of. Well, you see, like I was always um, I was kind of always a hel- a self hating fat guy. Okay. Like um, you know you you knew me like I was never one to not to not be active. Like you know what I'm saying like. I mean, I think we got guys who were in terrific shape that I was more active than I hate to say it like this, but it, it, it especially being on The Biggest Loser, because like so many people are shoveling the shit in your face like I want to change. You worked out for three minutes, dude. Come on, get up. Like, you know, obviously I'm not a trainer on the show, so I'm not saying that. But in my head, that's exactly what's going through my head as I'm behind the camera. But like um, so like anytime I saw like a like even back in high school days, like a fat guy who would just like never get dressed for gym. And that the teacher would just be like, all right, well, whatever. we'll give him a D. Like, I was always kind of like that. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, come on. You're the reason why people make, because cause not only, like, you know, not only are you making, f- not only are you not trying, like, you're not, you also have a bag of chips in your mouth right now. Like, you know, like, I, I you know, like, come on, man. You give the rest of us a bad name, kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, don't, like, stop playing the stereotype. Like, you know. So I, I always was that. So like when I would watch Big, Get to Biggest Loser when we were working those seasons, it always would turn around to me and I would just be like the season would start 17, 18 people deep. At least half of them are full of shit. I want to change. I want to change. I want to I want to change, which is super great. But like, you know, you, you just know they don't want to change. At the end of the day, you got to you have at the end of the day, no one's going to do it for you. Yeah. You so know? like I got a lot of time for anybody who's wants to fucking really know i got a lot of time for that but like the moment i i i I, the moment i pick up on that like you're not i don't got much time for that anymore like i'm i just don't you know like 
you know, like why waste both of our times? Like yeah. if you're not going to listen, then it's all good. Like, it's reality. I, like don't, don't like, I'm not even going to humor you and don't humor me either. It's, it's all good. Be you. And that's fine. And you know, cool. You know, like we're grownups. We can still be friends. <laughs> like, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, but like, yeah, you know, it's just like, you know, even like, um, I have family members who on the bigger side because of my, my weight loss, they want to hear it. I got people I wrestled with that want to hear it and they want to know how I did it and I'll tell them and then they don't put it in practice. And it's just like, it's cool. Uh, yeah, no, that's no big deal. I still like you, but like, you know, like it's just, I got a low tolerance for once, once I pick up on somebody who's like not living up to their side of things, I got a real low tolerance for that now. And I guess that's coming at as I'm getting older, I get that. But like, and you've got a lot of that in the biggest loser. Oh uh, yeah. Like those first couple of weeks, man, like, it would always just, you know, like you'd just be shoveling with so many contestants who are, I'm here for the right reasons. And it's just like, not really. Like you, you, you clearly probably did it because your family forced you to do it. And then, you know, you're just not even trying. You're not engaging. The show came under fire because a lot of people gained their weight back post leaving, which really isn't the show's fault, but it's also not the healthiest way to go. For five months, we're going to disconnect ourselves from the world have other people buy our food, have like some world-class trainers work us out at a world-class gym. You know, it's not really like feasible to be like Sayonara. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, like some people do make the change for a lot further better, but most, you know, obviously don't because then you get back into your routine in your real life. And then like, you know, you fall back into your terrible habits. I mean, when I decided to move back to New York a couple months ago, I was, I have been, and it luckily has not happened clearly, but like I have been a little bit weary of like the idea of like you were never this version of you living in New York. Um, I'm going to go back to a bad habit. Oh God. And it hasn't happened. And I've been here for about five weeks now, so it hasn't happened, which is great. But um, yeah. So like being on biggest loser. So it was always like two waves. Like it was like you dealt with all those fakers that were out. And then you had like kind of like somewhere around like, somewhere in the middle of like that 10 to seven number that were like taking it serious enough that I was like, cool. Uh, it actually kind of, as the seasons progressed, it kind of became like a thing, like try not like they wouldn't tell the trainers not to tell the cast members about my story, but they were like, Hey, they like, it became like a running joke on the crew. Like do not tell the, 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 you know, we always call contestants on contestant reality show. The kids mm -hmm. do not tell the kids Pat's story. Because some of them start really like um, they get down about it. Like, oh, he was able to do it in real life and I'm not. Or like now I'm the most interesting person in the room and like they keep talking to me and I'm not a character on the show. So they can't do it. So like it eventually like after like after my second season there, they were like, OK, we got to really talk about like not telling the kids about Pat. Mm. And then eventually it would always come out towards the end. But like, you know, it, it kind of became that like it was a running joke of like, can't tell them, can't tell them, can't tell them just because like everybody would because then, like I said, again, like it became the most interesting thing to them to hear about how somebody did it in the real world. You mentioned that you're now with you, you're back in New York and you've never lived as this. I would say you're definitely above average in terms of fitness looking at you person. Right. How often do you think to yourself like never again? Uh, don't let yourself fall into this habit. Uh, how often are you like kind of self-checking yourself 
to make sure you're not falling back into them. all the time. Like uh, all the time. Like uh, I have a, I have a mental block now about eating. Like it's it's so on me. It's like um, you know, it's it's so on me. Like you know, like like shit. Like you can't do that because it, you can't. And uh, so it's all the time I'm checking myself. I weigh myself daily, which you're not really supposed to do. But like, I also know that like, I don't take my weights seriously except for like a few days apart. But like, it's just, it's, that's my routine. That's my habit. You got to weigh yourself. You got to do it. Stay on yourself. Um, you know, like I made a vow to myself to never weigh in over 220 again in my life. Now, uh, in February, I hit some, I had a rough patch of me for me, like in my personal life and my love life. And like that shit sucked. And, you know, I kind of fell off the wagon for a little while. I started eating a little bit more hefty and like a little bit more fatty than I'm used to eating. And I got up to like 218, like that close. And that was like when like, and that was like in like April or March. And that's when I checked myself hard on it. And I was, I was like, whoa, like, dude, you're about to break your promise to you. And like, that's when like I kind of bounced myself back and then like for about two three months i was hovering right around like 211 and then once like i was like all right i really got it like that like the final the final chapter to this thing for me was always like start really reading about fitness uh and eating for fitness like start really reading on that stuff like and now i now i'm up on it and now i finally kind of understand it and like i know by the time i really in next March and April, when I really start go to, to really start put myself on a cut diet, like I know I'm going to even know more. Um, and the crazy part is when you diet right, like you, it turns out like in order for me to lean out, lose weight and kind of get the look I want, I actually have to eat more than like my brain even allows me at this point, like, which is crazy. Like, cause I'm telling one of my friends who's like super fitness, like guy. He, I'm like, dude, it's crazy. He's like, what? I'm like, I, I physically am having trouble eating all the food that's required. And he's laughing. He's like, it's a lot when you, when, cause like when you're eating the clean foods, like you're supposed to, like, it's a lot, like it's a fuck ton. And like, you know, like, like, you know, I think right now, like basically like my calorie intake per day is right around like 2,300 calories. Now, if you eat nothing but fatty foods that are fatty driven, you can get up 23 like that. But when you start eating like the right foods, like the grilled chickens with the right type of stuff on it that make it tasty and make it work for you. And you're eating the Turk, the right kind of beef and turkeys and stuff like that. And all this still can be really tasty. And it's just like, like, you know, like I'm taking deep breaths at like 10 o'clock at night. Like I still need to get like 400 calories in me right now. And like, I still need like, like, 40 more grams of carbs and, and it's just hard for me like mentally to even get myself into what is considered to be a really healthy diet you know and then even like my ex-girlfriend she was a great she was a vegan and a, and a nutritarian which is a whole nother thing <laughs> and so like she combined it two diets like that and it, it was great because like there's a whole story behind her mother and why they chose that diet um but like and that put me on that path for a while, which was a very low cal, low fat, low carb diet just to begin with. Um, you know, because when you're with someone, you kind of, you, someone's habits usually win out. My girl has completely changed my eating habits. Yeah, exactly. For the better. Yeah. For so the like, extreme better. When you're with somebody, 
when you're with somebody and you know, I mean, I've only really had one relationship in my life and it was a long one, but like she adopted some of my habits. I adopted some of her habits, good ones. And then she adopted some of my bad habits. I adopted <laughs> some of her bad habits. Yeah. Like it's just the way it was. And, and eating was something that was uncompromisable for her, which was totally fine. Cause I was super into someone who wanted to be healthy anyway. Um, but like, it's just hard mentally to like put myself into a, uh, to have to eat all this. Like even today, like there's no, like, I think what is the time is it now? It's, it's like three twenty one. There is no way I'm going to meet like my daily needs today. Cause I've been running around like crazy today and set stuff up and like did some work earlier this morning. And then I have to do actually, as I'm leaving here, I'm going to work too. And like, it's just, there's no way I'm going to meet my, what, requ what requirements I need to meet. And then I know you said that this is one question that you hate getting, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Sorry, man. Um, if you had to give like everyone like a bullet point list of how do you go from 490 to 205 in a healthy way, it took, it took you three, four years, you said? Uh, it was about four. About four years. In four years, how do you do it? I mean, so like day one changes are, are small. Like if you're four, like I said, like the best part about being 500 pounds and going on a diet is that you don't need to change it that much. You don't need to say goodbye to your McDonald's yet or your Chipotle yet. I, I stress the word yet. Mm. You don't need to say goodbye to that shit yet, but it's, t it, we're starting the weaning process today, today, right now. We're going to start the weaning process. And I think this goes for anyone, not, even, not only if you're 490, but if you're like, if you're like me, I know that I've, I went from 260 down to 205. Right now I'm up to 215 and I've never been through, through like, I can't get through that threshold door for some reason. But one thing that has worked for me and what has allowed me to not go back to 260 is I weaned. So even if you're not eating five cheeseburgers, you know, and you could still wean off the stuff that you know. Even if you're not at not even if you're not at the extreme of 500 pounds, yeah. So yeah. It, it, no matter where you are at day one, like literally look, be honest about your diet with yourself, and just be like, all right, well, you know, you know what you shouldn't be eating. Like on a on a general broad level, you know you shouldn't be eating that much McDonald's. You know you shouldn't be eating that much pizza. Like you know, like start plucking that shit out. Start plucking that shit out, and just be do the general thing, and in its place grilled chicken like like just be general with it and like just know that day one you'll you're not gonna your base of knowledge day one will not be what your base of knowledge is in uh day 365 when you're a year in or what it's going to be uh days you know 700 and whatever when you're two years in so just you know like make a legitimate be honest make a legitimate like food log of yourself and just know got to pluck that out got to pluck that out got to pluck that out pluck, pluck that out hopefully you're healthy enough and you're mobile enough to to actually go and move and if you're not go move yeah like no. hopefully you're healthy enough to move and be active luckily i never was a anything bedridden couch ridden person i never was that guy so like i was always able to be like okay so i just got up my activity a little bit like you know and like that doesn't mean like when i was four night like when I was 490 pounds, I didn't go for runs. I just made sure I was trying really hard at wrestling practice. And then when I was like, when I got started at like 3.30 to do the yoga, that just meant I wasn't, again, I wasn't running. I, I was doing yoga. I, 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 I hate running <laughs> to this day. I hear you. <laughs> it's like the worst thing ever. I'm really into jump rope now. Today, right now, as I speak to you, I'm into jump rope. I got into jump rope 
heavily like late December that of last year. I'm probably very soon away from my brain going, you know, I'm kind of sick of jump rope. Not there yet, which is great because I really do enjoy it. But I'll find another thing that will get me active and get me moving, get my heart rate up. I like, just got a trampoline. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that sounds that, that actually sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, you know, and just you know, just just be honest with yourself, log your activity, log your food, and then start plucking start plucking the food off of it that sh- that you that you don't need and start upping the activity levels. And then eventually, hopefully, down the road, like yeah, then you'll you'll be on a diet where you're like, you know, you're you're eating five six days a week you're eating 100 percent clean and then yeah like maybe the seventh day you cheat a little that's all good but like you know like that but that's so far down the road you can't even be concerned with that like you just gotta you gotta make the change you gotta make the changes for yourself and whatever your changes are and that's like that's the best way to that's the most blanket way to say it Pat Marino, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, that brother. that was a, definitely an inspirational story. I hope I hope you help people out there. And if and if you know if you're already in shape, it's just an interesting story to hear. That's for sure. Um, if people want to see your weight loss journey, because you do have pictures of it, where could they find you on social media? Uh, Instagram and Twitter at DJ Fat Pat. That is at DJ P H A T P A T. And yeah, you can you can go uh, check me out there. I got my. Um, just started my uh, production company. It's called Multiple Hats Media. You can go follow us on Instagram, Multiple Hats Media, just one word. Uh, you can see some of the cool stuff we're doing there. Uh, you can just follow me and see my daily musings on my personal social media stuff. Uh, yeah, and I'd really appreciate your follow. And I think I'm an entertaining guy, so <laughs> I don't know. He's a good follow. I will say you're a good follow. Um, for me, you know, you guys already know what it is. At Timpatrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Uh, at San Agato Studios for everything else. At Veterans Minimum, again, is the Twitter handle. And at Veterans underscore Minimum is the Instagram handle. Uh, from 490 to 205. And next summer, ripped as fuck. That's the goal. All right. Uh, Pat, thank you so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. Love you, buddy. All right.